evening. So I just want to, I want to preach on something and uh, this whole thing of, you know, we all go through hard seasons in life and we all experience hard things and, and we go through the highs and the lows. So last night was an extreme high for most of us. <laughs> like when the, when the last whistle blew, we were like, wah! <laughs> and then like for New Zealand, it was an extreme low. And there are Christians in New Zealand who we should be praying for at this very moment because they're struggling. But it's true. But, but throughout our, I mean, in, in the space of a week, we can experience different things from losing people, from losing a loved one, from uh, struggling with finances or relationship friction or even church hurt. Things happen in, in the short space of time. These things happen. And so we're always navigating this thing of like, what does it look like? What our lives look like? And as a pastor... It is my privilege to, to walk with people through the good times and the bad times. And it's a privilege to sit with them as they, as they process stuff and to be an empathetic voice and to be a cheerleader to them as well, going, you can make it through this. Or, I'm so sorry to hear that. How do we get you through this moment? And the most important thing, though, is that I get to apply the Word of God to a situation. I'm not a psychologist. I, I can help you in some ways, and, and I can listen, but I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm a pastor, which means my authority comes from the Word of God, not from anything else. And so when I meet with people, I'm like, yes, but let's go to the Word of God. What does that say? That's the only way I can help you. I can try to help you practically. You go like, well, just telling them the Word of God, how is that practical? Of course it's practical. The Word of God, it's, it's, it's breathed by God. It's profitable for everything. And so I'm very lucky that I get to do that. And as much as I get to apply it to other people's lives, I get to apply it to my own life. And God's word cuts me as well from time to time as, well, as much as it, it heals me and consoles me and comforts me. And I get to apply it to my family. I get to apply the word of God to how we live our life. How we live day to day how we hold everything lightly in light of who he is and, and, and what he's done for us and what he, he might call us to do. I hold my house very lightly. I love it. I'll tell you a funny story. I often get up late at night to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know I'm telling you that. But <laughs> and we all do it, right? Okay, it's not uncommon. But I was walking through my house the other night, and it's such a silly story, but I was just like, I was walking through my house going, I love my house. I love what my wife has done with my house. Like, I was genuinely so appreciative. I was like, I love this bookshelf <laughs> and this mirror, and I love these chairs, and I just, I love what hikers, because there's nothing of me, trust me. Like, it's nothing of me. There's like maybe one picture, like a skateboard on the wall. That's like my, that's my contribution to the house. But I was just so like, God, it's all from you anyway. And it all will go back to you one day. And so we get to walk our lives in light of God and what he's done for us. And going, Jesus, I don't, know what, I don't know what tomorrow brings as much as I don't know what the next year brings. James tells us that. We don't make plans outside of God. What does God want for us? Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. But this week, as I've been applying scripture to my own life, I have been contemplating and applying the Psalms of Lament. Now, does everyone know what the Psalms of Lament are? There's certain psalms in the book of Psalms which are, are written as laments, and laments mean this, a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. But why is our pastor sharing this with us? Because he's got it all together. 
Why is he pondering psalms of lament? And this is a description of it. The Psalms of Lament are songs and poems in which the psalmist cries out to God. In times of deep distress and despair. In Psalms of Lament, the psalmist asks God for intervention to deliver him from suffering, sorrow, great loss, failure, and enemy. Now, maybe we've all experienced that. I'm sure we have. I don't think I'm the only one. Look, for example, at Psalm 22. and We all know this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who of you have ever cried that to God? No one's putting their hands up because they don't want to look bad, but we all have at some point. <laughs> or Psalm 42, 11, Why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? Why the unease within me? See, this is part of the Christian life. As much as it is the praise and worshiping of God, which is incredible, and, and he blesses us, but part of the Christian life is this thing of, why, O downcast, O my soul? And these psalms are beautiful in their honesty and their vulnerability, and they're unafraid to lay themselves before God in petition and protest. <laughs> And they're so relatable. Oh, thanks, Michelle. <laughs> I forgot to buy a bottle of water. I need a tissue. I'm crying. Ah, anyway. Never, never, never. <laughs> they're relatable. And, and how often do we say these things of, I cry out by day, oh God, but you do not answer. No, I prayed that before. God, why aren't you answering me? I'm asking. And yet it feels like the heavens are silent. There's a saying, the heavens are as brass. The great reformer Martin Luther, the man who started the Protestant Reformation, one of the heroes of the faith said this. What is the greatest thing in the Psalms, but his, in the psalmist, but his earnest speaking amid the storm winds of every kind? Where do you find deeper, more sorrowful, more, more pitiful words of sadness than in the Psalms of lament, where they speak of fear and hope? They use such words that no painter could so depict for your fear or hope. Maybe you read these, as I'm speaking to you, you're going, I agree. There's, there's been points in my life where I felt like this, or maybe you're not feeling like that now, and that's awesome, but maybe there will come a time where you do feel like that. I think we all go through these highs and lows in the Christian walk where we're going, God, help me. Oh, and I love this. We, we think of Matthew 8. It's when Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and the storm comes up, and I love this story because the storm comes up, and what is Jesus doing? Sleeping. <laughs> And they say to him, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. Now, um, a bit of a funny story on this passage. There's a song that I really enjoy listening to. Uh, and it goes like this. It says, Jesus, when you're going to wake up. It's kind of like a spiritual. When you're going to wake up, calm this raging sea. And I listened to it in the car. Oh, it has a little like, 
<laughs> Hidden talents, I tell you. But, but the funny story is I was with Rosie and Benji one time in the car, and we were listening, and I was like, guys, this song is so awesome. Listen to it. It's beautiful. And they're like, how can you tell Jesus to wake up? And they were going like, because in slang we go, yo, brew, wake up. And they're going, this is offensive to me. And I was like, guys, no, you don't understand. It's this song of like, when are you going to wake up and see what is happening in our lives? And what does Jesus do? He gets up, he wakes up, he rebukes the storm, and everything's gone. But I think there's all seasons in our lives when we feel like we're going to drown. And we find this theme throughout Scripture, actually, where saints are pouring out their cries to God. And to be honest, in the last few weeks, I've found myself amongst those voices. Now, I know I'm being vulnerable, and that's fine. I don't mind being vulnerable in front of brothers and sisters in Christ. But as I read these psalms, and, I, and I, I was, <laughs> I've got a new hobby. It's very manly. It's baking. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, like all, like for manly men, like they bake like bread, like, ah, like real robust sourdough. But uh, I, I bake cinnamon buns. <laughs> yeah, you got to taste them. Yeah, you got to taste them. This is my thing. It's like, whatever, okay. <laughs> I'm just laying it all in the line tonight. You guys are either going to be like, this guy is crazy or like, it's cool. I don't know. But I, I've been doing this and, uh, and when I do it, I listen to scripture. So I put the audio Bible on as I'm like kneading the dough and working out all my frustrations. And the first thing that came to mind, the first scripture that played this time was Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it just hit me. I was like, yes, wow, why this, God? Why this? You know in the scripture, when it, it speaks to where you're at, and you go, Jesus, why this? And I, I listened, to the, I listened to, the, to the psalm, and you know, it's, it's an incredible psalm. It's beautiful. And there's a word that stuck out to me in that psalm. And, and often... You know, when we think of words that people talk about, like there's a word in the, in the Christian language which speaks to me like grace, compassion, beautiful word, mercy, kindness. Of course, these are amazing words, but this is not the word that was playing around in my mind the whole week after reading this psalm. And I think, personally, it's one of the most powerful words in Scripture. Can anyone guess what this word is? What? Groan. Anyone else? Grace. So the word is yet. Ah. <laughs> yet. And it means, but at the same time, nevertheless, or in spite of. And so when we look at Psalm 22 again, we see this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my words of groaning? <laughs> I cry out by day, oh my God, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. Yet, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Or think of Psalm 42. Why, O Dankos, O my soul, why the unease within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And we see this throughout Scripture. In fact, 
The most famous one of these is found in the book of Job. It says, though he slays me, yet I will trust in him. Think of Job in that position, thinking this is God, yet even if it is God, I will still trust him. Or we think of Habakkuk 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of olives may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no hold, no herd in the stores, yet, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the Lord of my salvation, even though everything that I put my hand to is going wrong. Every job that I do, everything I do, I mean, if you read the scripture, it feels like, I mean, if I was that farmer, I'd be like, I think I should give up farming. Yet, it doesn't say yet I will acknowledge that he is God despite everything. It says yet I will rejoice. Yet there will be joy inside of me despite what is going on because of what he has done for me. And I had to think to myself, how often do I just read the first part of those passages? Or how often is my expression to God just the first part? So about like, God, this sucks. Where are you? And I never get to the yet. I never get to the but. <laughs> I like rhymes. Don't forget the yet. Put that on your fridge as a magnet. You see, the lament psalms and other passages are not just there for pouring out our concerns and complaints before God as much as they are, but there's always a point in those things where they turn around to the praise and trust and thanksgiving and even having joy in God and where you're at. One, one commentator says this, in spite of his seeming desertion, the poet still believed Jehovah is the God of the covenant, still the Holy One in whom his people could trust. Despite his seeming desertion. Seeming. And he might not answer me at present, he might not answer you at present, but are we persuaded that he will? Oh, he, and, and are we persuaded of his character? That he is good and gracious and holy? We cannot forget the yet. And we do it not just because it's something we have to do, but as we did in worship, it was amazing. We do it in remembrance of what he's done for us. When you're singing that song of you have done great things, how... When you shared with someone what he'd done for you, how awesome did it feel? It's like, yes, God did this for me. Like, it just builds faith in you as much as it builds faith in the next person, as much as having three people sharing in worship builds faith inside of all of us. Saying, that's amazing what God, God, those three short testimonies of what God did this week are actually amazing, if you think about it. Like, God of the universe actually came down and touched people's lives individually in this week. And so we remember him, the character of God. We need to remind ourselves of the character of God. And I, I was reminded of Psalm 103, which is this incredible passage. 
Psalm 103 says this, Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and all that was, is, is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And I love these passages, the four passages that I picked out. I'm sure there's many more, but the response from these people is always one of either rejoice, trust, or praise. It says, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation, for I will yet praise him. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, yet I will trust in him. Despite what we're going through, yet we will trust in him. And let me say this, it, it might not be instant in what God does in your life. And it might take time for us to get to the point of going, but, or yet, or in spite of. Nevertheless, despite what I'm going through, I will praise him. And that can take weeks, if we're honest. How many of us have been miffed with Jesus for longer than a few weeks? Well, no one will put their hand up for that. <laughs> okay, Julian's only on his phone. <laughs> but we have to get to that point of going, despite this, I will yet praise him. I will yet rejoice in him. I will yet worship him. And one last thought. What if in this lifetime, you only get to the year? What if in this lifetime, you only get to the point of, despite everything, yet I will praise him? What if your circumstances don't change? Do we still praise him? Do we still worship him? Do we still rejoice in him? Do we still trust him? What if sickness lingers? I know for myself, I'm sick for more than a week. I'm terrible. And yet many saints have, have sickness that lingers for years. Do they just get to that point at one point and go, well, at one point he was good, but now I don't know. Could we stay in, in spite of my lingering sickness, yet I will praise him? In spite of these trials that seem to be persistent, yet I will praise him. First Peter 1 Peter 1.6 says this, And in this you greatly rejoice, knowing now for a short while you may have had to suffer grief in many trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more precious than gold, which perishes even though Refined by, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor to the, at the revelation of Christ. Our great hope as believers is that we are his and he is ours. Really, above anything else. Above anything else. 
So I, I mentioned um, earlier in the preach that I'd been processing the Psalms of Lament and processing things in my own life, going, God, like, th- this is hard. And one psalm came to mind, or one song came to mind, which has been adapted from the psalms. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And so in the weeks, in the past few weeks, as the situation has presented itself, I haven't tried to think it and rethink it and overthink it. I've just gone, his love endures forever. Give praise, give praise. Because I can't think myself out of this situation. All I can do is praise it. Forever God is faithful. And so how do we apply this, the application, the most important part of any sermon? I came up with a simple formula. <laughs> Even though um, at school my maths was really my worst subject. I didn't know, we didn't have math lit when I was in school. <laughs> I don't know what math lit is, but it sounds awesome. We had high grade and standard grade. And I failed standard grade spectacularly. But when I was in school, you had to do math. It was just unthinkable that you would finish school without math, which is crazy if you think about it. So I suffered through math. I mean, spent a small fortune on extra math lessons, and that didn't really help. So. Anyway, but anyway, <laughs> so here's my formula. I wish I'd written it out, but I didn't, sorry. The formula is, imagine it in your minds. Problem, and then in brackets, yet, and then praise. It's kind of formulaic, right? I don't know. You could probably go like problem plus yet equals praise. I don't know. Like, Or problem is great. Praise is greater than problem. <laughs> I know more than I'm letting on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should have been high grade, no jokes. Now I realized what my strengths were, it wasn't math. But problem, yet praise. And so if you think about it, you go, how often do we say, I feel hopeless, yet? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I feel hopeless, but God, fill me with all joy and peace in believing that through the power of the Holy Spirit, I may abound in all hope. Or, I don't know how to carry the burdens that I have, yet, God, I will cast my burdens on the Lord, and you will sustain me. You will never permit the righteous to be moved. Or how about this one, which is probably quite common. I feel alone. I feel alone. Yet, never will you leave me or forsake me. Or I'm grieving the love or the loss of a loved one. Yet, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the contrite spirit. And so, as I said, as a pastor, I meet with people, and whatever problem there is, yet, praise. (laughs) It's very hard. 
But I believe we're called to it as, as the people of God. Not that we shouldn't mourn. Of course we should. I'm not saying just forget something's not happening. Of course, pour yourself out before God. But don't forget to then acknowledge Him and go, you are God and I will still trust and praise you and worship you despite what I'm going through. Let me ask the question. Is there anyone here who feels like they're going through a hard time in their life at the moment? Abby, Dave, 